How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back to the weekend show for Sunday, January the 10th. My friends, today I have a very exciting show for you. I'm, I'm super pumped to be able to give you this one. So every now and then, outside of these daily updates, I do a longer-form 60-minute podcast with my co-host Kadosep, and yesterday we decided to talk about our games of the year. Now, we also decided to bring on a guest, and you might have heard of them before. They are the Game Professor, otherwise known as Sam. Uh, he runs a YouTube channel called Games as Literature, where he makes these very long videos analyzing games as a piece of literature. Most recently, he did an hour and a half deep dive into Final Fantasy VII, the original, and he released it right before the remake came out. And so he decided to tell us, hey, his game of the year is the Final Fantasy VII remake, and this is an edited version of him talking about this game. He talks about it very passionately, and I wanted to share that with you today. So here he is. Take it away, Sam. Uh, but my game of the year has got to go, and this is despite one very large objection, but even so, it's still managed to be the Final Fantasy VII remake. I had high hopes for this remake, and man, they just knocked pretty much everything that they had to knock out of the park out of the park. I want to make clear that I don't think that old formats of video games are like bad at telling stories or getting things across or being compelling whatsoever. But the thing is, I have a fascination with adaptation in general, and there's been a huge technological gap between the original game and this one. So to see how they took the gameplay systems and the story, the characters, the visuals, all these things, and brought them into a new era, I was very excited to see. And they did such an incredible job with it. They managed to adapt the old turn-based active time battle system into a real-time action RPG thing in a way that worked really well, I think. And I don't usually like those, frankly. Like, I, I'll take a good old-fashioned turn-based battle system over most of the, like, Kingdom Hearts-types action hybrids any day. Uh, the way that the characters were animated and developed and written was very faithful to who they were while still adding and building on them in a way that made them feel even more believable and relatable. Uh, the friendship between Aerith and Tifa is probably my favorite thing that they did there because these two characters have so much more chemistry and it's so pure and sweet and wonderful. And I just, ah, it was all so good. It was everything that I wanted and more until the last 10 minutes, which I maintain are awful. Um so I was going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. I was very curious to know because there was a lot of controversy about the how yeah. they adapted this story into the remake and you did this whole video about the story of this game um <laughs> what are your like wh how did you feel like they interpreted it? obviously you didn't like it but you know if you want well, to the thing is that everything that was like working on not I, i'm not just saying that they changed things and it's bad because there were a lot of things that they added or built on and they were fantastic everything that was still dealing with the original content of the story in one form or another absolutely fantastic absolutely loved it uh and i don't want to spoil too much but suffice it to say they add sort of a they add a plot that sort of adds a layer of meta commentary on it and suggests that the rest of the game, like as they make more of these remakes to cover the rest of the story might deviate. And um, I don't like the way they did it because like I said, I, I have a fascination with adaptation and I think that it's valuable. Like I said, I think that the old formats for video games and storytelling are still fully legitimate and can do great things, but also I recognize that not everyone can connect with them. So I think that there is immense value in taking this classic, beloved, and very, I think, complex and meaningful story into a modern age so that people now can experience it in a way that works better for them in a similar way that the original worked for people who played it at that time. I think that is very valuable. And the way that they added this sort of meta commentary and meta narrative onto this game seemed to basically be saying that that is not an opportunity, but a constraint to be broken out of. 
I value what the, I, I was looking forward to having a way that I could hand this to like my nephew and be like, hey, this game meant a lot to me when I was a kid. And I think that you can experience it now too. And I don't think that value is completely gone, but it's very clear that the game has disdain for the very thing that I think makes it special. And that kind of sucks, I guess. So yeah, I don't know. But that's the thing is even with that, even with like hating the ending for that reason, man, everything else, every other way that they adapted the story and stuff, just pitch perfect, so good that it still had to be my game of the year. I just, they did an incredible job. Okay, folks, so there is the snippet of the 60-minute long podcast. It's called TGO Radio. If you'd like to hear the full thing, which includes my game of the year and Kato's game of the year, amongst many other games that we talk about, uh, youtube.com slash thegamingobserver or the podcast host of your choice. You'll find it available. And also a tremendous thank you to Sam for joining us and for providing the commentary on today's show. You can find him on youtube.com slash games as literature. He's extremely well-spoken, as you can see, and has a lot of really interesting things to say. That is going to wrap us up for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to be back tomorrow with the news. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. How's it going, everybody? TGO After Show. Uh, I was super pumped to be able to talk to Sam about this because, I mean, I'll, I'll just be brutally honest here. Whenever I do TGO radio, which is usually just with Kato Sep, <laughs> I feel wildly self-conscious, I guess. There's probably a better word for it. And then we bring people on like Sam, who are super specialized in, you know, his knowledge, especially with Final Fantasy VII. Or when we did the TGO roundtable and we just talked about Hades for 60 minutes, we brought on two other people that were really smart and had a lot of really good things to say and are really good at expressing those feelings. Every single time that happens, I always manage to sit there and be like, oh my God, how do I say anything that compares to what they just said? I mean, listen, you're an after show listener. You know how I talk about the games that I'm interested in. I literally go, it was good. I like this part. And that's pretty much all of the depth that I'm able to get. And that's not because I'm, I, you know, I would love to be able to have these profound insights into video games. And I would love to be able to analyze things at this level. But I just, like, can't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm not smart enough, but I, I just think that I don't have that, you know, that, that aspect of analysis is just not a, a skill that I, I have. And maybe it's a skill I can massage over time, certainly. But for now, it's what I'm stuck with. So anyway, I love bringing people on to the show who are good at talking about video games because I know they're doing it better than I could. And I think ultimately what The Observer is, you know, for a lot of you, The Gaming Observer and, and Adrian are probably intimately linked, right? If, if you listen to this show every single day, they're probably one and the same for you, I would imagine. That's just my guess based on, you know, what I hear people talking about in the Discord and whatnot. But really, I see The Observer as just like a good source of information for video games. And in my case, I happened to stumble into a format for the news that worked out really, really well. But ultimately, down the line, if this thing grows and this thing does well, you know, I see a future where this is multi-platform with multiple contributors who are all saying really cool things about video games. And something that I feel like I'm really good at is elevating voices that are not my own. Because to be honest, I usually don't have much to say. And other people very much do have things to say about video games. So I don't know, I guess in that sense, if you are somebody who is comfortable behind a microphone and have things to say about video games, uh, you're more than welcome to reach out, point me to anything that you've talked about in terms of video games before. I would love to bring some other voices onto the show like I just did. So anyway, once again, youtube.com slash The Gaming Observer. 
Uh, we talk about our games of the year. And, you know, I, I was going to share my own game of the year on the show, but then I realized, like, you, it probably won't be anything revelationary. Is that a word? It's not going to be anything new to people who listen to my show. Like, I'll tell you my top games of the year, and you're going to recognize them as games that I've talked about throughout the year. Uh, Hades, something I could not stop gushing about. Half-Life Alex, something I could not stop gushing about, when I played it, at least. Spiritfarer, a game that I recently got into and have talked about extensively. Animal Crossing, who the heck doesn't have that in their top five, right? Like, it's, it's, I don't have anything new or particularly interesting to talk about that I haven't already, so I thought it was a good idea to, to bring somebody else on. Anyway, uh, that's gonna wrap us up, folks. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. We're back with the news next week, and I really, really hope I'm able to get five days straight. You know, 2020 was a great year for me in terms of consistency. I think I hit 300 plus episodes in the year. I did not, I did not take a, a tremendous amount of days off, and I'm hoping to do that again. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. <laughs>